Welcome to the Thundercast for the University Journal. And I'm Anthony Kalsuno alongside uh, Chevy Blackburn. And we also have another guest, Seth Whitehouse. Thank you guys for having me. Excited thank, to be here. Thank you for coming on. How's your day going, Seth? Doing pretty solid. It's been, been good so far. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Ready to talk some sports? But dude, I'm so ready. I've never been more ready for anything in my life. <laughs> We talk about sports all the time, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so we'll we'll start off with volleyball. They've still been struggling this year. They played uh, New Mexico State University in New Mexico, and uh, they lost 1-3 to three in that matchup, and that was this Thursday, the or last Thursday, the 29th. They also had another game that weekend, and it was on the 1st, was Saturday against... UTRGV in Edinburgh, Texas, and they lost that set or that match 0-3 to as well. So it's been just a tough year for them, honestly. It really has. Thunderbirds have, have been struggling, have faced a lot of tough opponents, but yeah, let's hope that they can pick it up. And They do have some good leaders um, on the team that are doing great things, but everything's just hasn't really clicked as of yet. It still needs to come together. Yeah, and don't they have a first-year head coach as well? I mean, could it could just be that. It's actually well. her second year. Her second year, okay. So, still working out the growing pains. Yeah. but yeah, for sure. Right on. I will get into cross country. The Thunderbirds went to uh, the Notre Dame Joe Payne Invitational, and were there over the weekend. And this is a very highly thought of uh, cross country. A competition with every single team basically nationally ranked and the men's finished 15th overall and the women's finished 16th overall uh sophomore santiago uh gatin gatin gation yeah i'm sorry santiago santiago we're pooching your name yeah i think it's gation gation okay yeah uh, started things off for the, th- for the Thunderbirds in the five-mile cruising to a 31st-place finish with a time of 23 minutes and 59 seconds. So not bad. Um, and all other guys did pretty good as well. As for the women, they finished ahead of Purdue and Navy, so Big Ten school in Purdue, and the Navy's always been known for great athletes um, over the years. Uh, Madison Dubois led the charge for the Thunderbird women, finishing in six, uh, 62nd place with a time of 17 minutes and 11 seconds. Definitely can run faster than me, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm not a fast runner whatsoever. I don't know about that. I feel like you could you could stride out there and stride out get there. there. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> for sure. Um, one thing I would like to add about this whole. Um, meet or imitational in Notre Dame is this is like you said is huge and for our younger runners who are still trying to build things up I know Isaiah Labra also took 44th place along with um along with Santiago for them to get two top 50 finishes and our girls to really start um come up come away with a really good finish there was really big for uh, for SU in this opening part of the season because they're still growing, they're still getting there, and they'll have. Now they get to come back to home basically this next week and go ahead and SU color invitational, so that'll be very solid. Home there. field advantage. Home so field. When we're talking about that, right? How many runners from each school do they have? So, like, out of 
50. How many That's did? Very good question. How many runners actually, did they have? I in think hole? from one of my previous classes, classes I learned because I think we had one of the cross country. I mean, yeah, one of the cross country coaches in it. Mm-hmm. In that class, he was your volunteer coach, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's a top five or top six qualify yeah. for times. I'm thinking within so, everyone. They, they and then do, they do yeah. points like that. So okay. I think they do points it's, like that. It's like golf, basically, but they, yeah. they have a bunch of runners. I think mm-hmm. they have – our girls were probably around 8 to 10 this last week along with our guys, but they have the top five. Mm-hmm. That's where they take their scores off of. Okay. And it goes down by golf, so whoever mm-hmm. – uh, so Yeah. Point scoring yep. Makes sense. Makes yep. sense. Yes. And, yes, back home this week, going to be sick, running out on Cedar Ridge, which is – Nice. A pretty sick golf course. Yeah. I guess we'll talk about soccer this last week. They Food did come ball. away with um, a big win at Tarleton a couple weeks ago, 1-0 win, but had a big rivalry game this last Sunday against Utah Tech. And if, for those of you who didn't see any of the news, a whole bunch of weird stuff happened. Uh, game got postponed for lightning delays um back to one four, game was supposed to start at one got postponed to 145 we played 20 minutes um tech actually did end up scoring in that matter of 20 minutes and then immediately after tech scored more lightning delays so probably two hours more of lightning delays occurred um and then we finished the half then after we finished the half they said we're calling it we can't play today. Lightning's too close, which is is unfortunate because the weather conditions were very I don't know the right word to say, bipolar maybe. Yeah, they were just it was sunny and then there was hail and then it was sunny and then it was windy again and it was tough because I know both teams would have liked to get it back in, get that game in that day, but um they will reschedule for October 14th. Um, Utah Tech will come up and play the last half. And I know me and Anthony were talking about this earlier this week. Maybe it's good for the Thunderbirds. They did get down a goal, so maybe they can go back. They have a game this Sunday that we'll preview a little bit a little bit later. They can go back, watch the film, what happened in Tech, fix some things, and then come back on Friday and hopefully get that dub and stay on top of the the WAC Conference and continue just this historic season. Because they're the first – I think they're the – First SU soccer team to go three and zero, four and zero actually, four and zero, four and zero through their first like four conference games and yeah, it's just this game's probably going to be the biggest one in my opinion out of the whole entire season because you look at the other teams, yeah, they're good. You know, last year Grand Canyon was super good before the season started. I looked at last year's RPI rankings for women's soccer. You know, a little bit of a nerd here looking at that, but um. <laughs> I looked at the RPI, and Grand Canyon was, like, 40th in the country. And I'm like, okay, Grand Canyon has a good chance to win. Yes. Right now, they're currently bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. So it's Things it's changed. Yeah. Ev- anyone's ball game right now. And, you know, this gives the th- I think this gives Thunderbirds advantage because then more than likely you can take that film from the first half, replay it over and over and over again, and, and say, look, this is how we make adjustments, this is how we do it. And I bet Utah Tech's going to be doing the same. You know, all, yes. all is fair in love and war, you know? So, and, you know, it's just, you know, I bet both teams are going to be, you know, practicing a lot to, you know, uh, counteract the other team. For sure. And maybe I didn't do this justice, given more of a recap of those first, the first half of those first 23 minutes. Tech came out 
very solid and very physical and kind of kind of worried us a little bit. SU did pick it up. We had a lot of chances on goal. Whitney Wayne's guard, I think, had two first-half shots that nearly got there, just went right over the top uh, top woodwork. Um, we had a couple other uh, really solid chances, but both teams were just going back and forth. And like you said, there's certainly a bunch that they can look at and and fix and get ready for this next um, Absolutely. next half. It's yeah. going to be so weird. Like, so are they like planning to play just the half, or are they going to redo the game? No, they so they just play the half. So okay, as soon as so that first be... half gets done, they'll just do one 45-minute half and just... That'll be an interesting little... Because that's like... You basically split a game between two days, between two weeks. It's... It's crazy. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's weird. It, it's it's going to be intense. We had a really solid crowd out there um, on that day. Unfortunately, that they all left. I think we had around like 350 people. So way to show nice. out for freaking soccer. Anyone listening, awesome. show up for soccer show on the 14th. Show up again. Please, Sunday show up. and Friday. Um, girls are doing amazing. Yeah. And just so people know, like the weather, there were uh, hail... There was hail falling, and it was like I'm not sure if you guys seen pictures or were outside during it. They were about the size of golf balls. Freaking dented I got my some, car, dude. I actually got some golf ball sized hail in my apartment. Actually, yeah, I was, actually did, and I looked scary. at it while I was coming down, and that that looked menacing. It looked scary it when was I was coming down. Scary. So I know, like, because where I live, I live a little bit outside of town, kind of ish. Not really. I mean, it's a small town either way, but it kind of like went by me. So we didn't get much of the hail. But, like, I've seen pictures, like, from people online. It was ridiculous. I have, like, decent-sized dents in the hood of my car. It's <laughs> ridiculous. I've never seen hail that, that size. large. Mother, Mother nature. <laughs> Mother nature, yes, for sure. Anthony, I think you're just going to do men's golf real quick. Yeah, so the men's golf were at the Mark Simpson Colorado Invitational, uh, taking 16th out of 16th teams. Um, so they shot a combined 56 over par over 54 holes. So not, not bad over, you know, over, uh, the span of the tournament. Um, other than that, yeah, the men's team just, you know, keep on growing, you know, um, and just, you know, this puts them better suit for more tournaments down the line. I, I know they have their home tournament coming up here in the near future. So this is just, you know, a great practice opportunity for them. And right now the women's team is going to day three. Today is the final day of the I, the Golf Iconic Classic. Um, and right now they are in the top 10. They're 10th place out of 15 teams at the moment, majority of teams from either California or Texas. So a lot of great stuff there right now. Plume is leading the way for them, as always, Plume is an amazing golfer. I was going to ask, she's still ranked, like a year ago, Plume was ranked like second or yeah. something. In the I wouldn't be surprised country. if she still is ranked it's within the top question. five. Because she won like two or three tournaments individually last year. So, but Plume, Plume's an animal. Absolutely. Watch out for Plume. She's she's gonna be on the LPGA tour within the next oh, couple years. I bet. For sure. I, I I bet. We want to start with. We did not preview football or review football. We oh. should. What are we doing? What are we doing here? So, oh jeez. Uh, we might want to do. We that. skipped out on our uh, 
Coach Fitz, our man. Yeah. Coach football Fitz. Is football is football, man. We got football. Is football is football. Yep. Yep. So, SU was on the road at Eastern Kentucky. They lost thirty-five twenty-eight to the. I think it's the Eastern Kentucky. They're the Colonels. Colonels, like KFC, the Colonel. <laughs> so, Are they um, the Colonels? I thought yeah. they were the Colonials. Or col- nice. But how do you? How, how would we're trying think, to figure I think out. It's Colonels. <laughs> No it's spelled Colonials, but I think it's Colonels. <laughs> you can uh, call them Colonels. <laughs> Sorry, Eastern Kentucky. Uh, you might be calling the Colonels here. But um, <laughs> they lost 35-28 to this team. And my thoughts on it is that earlier in the season, Eastern Kentucky did upset uh, Eastern Michigan mm-hmm. in seven overtimes. Or was that Bowling Green in seven? That was Bowling, Bowling Green, Green yes. actually, in a wild Yes, wild game. Yes. So they did upset Bowling Green. They almost upset Eastern Michigan. They were close to doing that. Mm-hmm. And my thing about it is when you lose by seven points to a school that upset an FBS program, even though the MAC isn't the greatest conference out there in the FBS, mm-hmm. if you lose by seven points to a FCS program that upset an FBS program, take that as a win. You know, because, you, yeah. you know, I, I watched the game. Eastern Kentucky. They're a dang good football team for sure. They have the talent. And, you know, the Thunderbirds were still over 500. We're at 3-2 and two now in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, impressive so far over Coach uh, Fitz's first year um, as the head football coach, and especially in the WAC. I take it as a win. For all the football players out there, keep your head high. Like, oh. absolutely. Keep your head 100%. high. They honestly played a really good game, too. Like, the only quarter we were outscored was the first quarter. Like, and then we're looking at that right now. Yeah. So, and that's one thing we've always, like, our defense has struggled with every single game this year, allowing a touchdown on the first drive. Like, that's been huge. And they they allow it pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty, they started, we're pretty accustomed to starting kind of slow mm-hmm. this season. But as you said, Anthony, I think – we played a very solid game, and I remember watching the coaches show. Little quick plug there, and Coach Fitz was talking about that's probably the best team outside of Utah that we're gonna play this year, and we held up that close with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. our offense looked really solid. Offensive line in particular, I was really impressed with Lyle Santos, Leonidas. I think they handled pretty well against a very solid um, Eastern Kentucky front. Defensively, a little, I don't know, it's kind of tough because you run into an absolute dog of a quarterback in Parker McKinney. Oh my goodness. And also, Parker, he broke during the game, yeah, they mentioned he broke like the like career record in passing yards in EKU history. Yeah, I believe it was, he did that last week. Crazy, dude. Wild. He's, he's an animal. He weren't a lot of misses. By Parker McKinney. Um, mm-hmm. Threw the ball all around the yard. Had three rushing touchdowns. Really kind of put our defensive backfield in some bad positions. But as we said, we rebounded. We had Justin making plays. I think we threw four. It was like 316, something like that. So we had 256. Two, yeah. oh. 256 passing yards, 419 total um, yards. And this was, like, the first week I've noticed that the SU rushing attack was very good yeah, and very consistent. Bobby uh, Cole led the way with 64 yards on eight carries. 
And shout out to our guy, Joe Davis, who's in our one of our classes, uh, 15 carries. I mean, five carries on 15 yards and one score. So he did score up against Eastern Kentucky. And the rushing attack was very solid, and I like it looking at stat-wise because it was an even distribution among mm-hmm. receivers and running backs who had rushing yards. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, very solid performance, I think, by... Um, by the Thunderbirds, pretty balanced game between um, both teams. I think the biggest thing that killed us, though, where we should have won the game is on special teams, actually. You don't hear about this a whole lot. Um, don't want to call them out too much, but we had a couple missed kicks by our kicker, who's actually been really solid this year. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. hit it. We put, I think we were inside the 20 or 30 a couple of times, and just wide left on a couple of kicks could have got us into cut into that deficit a little more and um, put us in the position to win right there. Um, There was also a play, um, I think, nearing the beginning of the fourth quarter where we were driving. We had a fourth and one, decided to let him kick it instead of going going for for it right there. Mm -hmm. Something maybe we might want to bring up. with your offense rolling that well and a bunch of p- uh, people contributing. But as you said, really solid performance um, and a tough way to go down. But Yeah, tough way. Still looking so good. Yeah, and, you know, tough way to go down, but at the same point in time, you know, special teams, you know, you know, this is like the first time this season special teams, like, weren't at their best caliber. They've been so good. They've been so good throughout the year. The special um, teams has been just, like you said, huge throughout the year for us, like, Jake Girardi making those punts. Like he probably has yeah. the most points scored on our team so far. Between him and Isaiah, it will be close. And like uh, Justin. And that's one thing. It's a bad week for special teams. Mm-hmm. I went, Maybe not bad. I think they played all right. Had a couple of mishaps. But I hope we don't lose confidence in Pettit or Petit. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Announcers saying petite. We call it Pettit. Pettit. Hope we don't lose confidence in him because recruiting him into. I remember Fitz saying this um, coming into this year, recruiting uh, Pettit. He said he's going to be one of the most valuable assets on our team. And that's something that's going to be extremely valuable Mm -hmm. as we get into Whack Play because we're going to need a kicker to come up and get points on the board if we're not able to to close out those those drives. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Overall, the team looks solid, and I hope we can continue it this weekend versus Tarleton State, which we'll preview we'll later. That now? Or we can do it right now if we want yeah, to. We yeah, we're we'll rolling with football. Yeah. Let's get some, right. get some football going. So uh, I know one thing that we will have to, for the Thunderbirds, will have to focus as a team is Tarleton has a really balanced offense. Like, yeah. it's ridiculously yeah. balanced. Um, they have two running backs who kind of make up that stable, and they have combined for about 500 yards this year. And uh, three touchdowns. So I know controlling, like, if you can stop their run game, I feel like you can stop them. That's right. a huge part. So I think stopping the run game, which has been spotty for us sometimes, uh, will be. That's a that's a very big thing. I agree. Key. I think the big, just because we're going along points, that'll help us this week. Where it's all going to start for us and where it starts for everybody in football, really, is in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Stopping that run game is going to be on guys like Zach Strand, Francis Bemi, on our up front, and on all the guys that are making plays 
inside that front seven. If we get knockback and we get pressure on um, Bo Allen, their quarterback, mm-hmm. it's going to really help. We've locked down that run game. That's where it's all going to start for us defensively. Yeah. And Tarleton comes into this week 3-1, and one, fresh off a of bye week as well, so yep. well-rested as well, which can be an advantage or a huge disadvantage yeah. for a team. And also the Thunderbirds defense, like Seth mentioned, uh, leads the FCS in turnover margin. So turnovers a plenty have been forced by the defense. And we'll see because this is, you know, we faced Tarleton last year. We won against them. It was a neutral site game down in Texas. Yeah, it was in Arlington. Wasn't at the old Rangers ballpark or or something like that. And Choctaw Choctaw Stadium. Yeah, something like that. And, you know, now they come here at the same point in time. Now you realize Texas is a kind of a low elevation state. They're going to be up here in the mountain air. So they're going to have to adjust to that as well, like a bunch of other Texas teams are going to have to over the course of the season when they come down here to Cedar City. Yeah, and what people don't realize is Cedar City's elevation is actually higher than Denver's. It is 5,800 feet. So, yeah, it is. uh, We're up there. (laughs) For sure. Um, Tarleton, as we've talked about, they're a very solid team. Three and one coming into this. Mm-hmm. Faced some pretty formidable opponents. Um, got kind of shell-shocked by TCU a couple weeks ago, losing 59-17, to 17, um, but have been pretty solid outside of that. Um, offensively, I think... Need to get... Isaiah going in the first half. I feel like that is took the, the words key. right out of my mouth. <laughs> Our biggest asset, it has seemed like, has been Isaiah Wooden this year, the transfer from Kent State. I don't know how many touchdowns he has. Four. He, he has four touchdowns. Yeah, let me double check that for all, us. Yeah, four. They've all been long freaking runs where he's either catching a goal ball way down the field and just absolutely burning his dude out <laughs> out of the snap, or we're getting him in space in some small screen um, slant-type like situations. third in rushing yards on our team. Third in rushing, some jet sweep action yep. going on. Um, Got to get him involved. Um, and outside of that, we talked about the running game um, coming alive and our O-line um, doing great. Justin Miller, also going to be huge key. That feels pretty obvious. He's going to be a huge key in this game. But as this team has started at all the other games this year, I think he kind of starts a little slow to sometimes. Mm-hmm. The first drive against Eastern Kentucky, we went three and out. We had a couple other three and out situations. Um, I think it's really crucial for us to get him started with some smaller um, intermediate type stuff just to get him going and then take our shots down the field. Um because I think he has improved a lot throughout his SU career. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for his sure. His footwork has done miles, and he's still got a rocket arm. Um, he's also going to be a huge, huge key. Yeah, and, like, going back to Isaiah, we've seen that uh, against Tech two weeks ago, right? They targeted him, like, four or five times in the first half. He had four receptions in the first half, I believe, with all of his yards being in that half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like 129, and I know one big play was brought back because uh, hands to the face on the offensive line, but what that did was opened up everyone else in the second half because they started to shade his way. Oh, yeah. He, he's he been double-covered for 
a lot of the games. Yeah. Um, and he'll tell you that um, himself. He's he's doing his thing to get his other guys open and to open things up. Team player. He's a very big team player, but um, huge matchup. We got score predictions. You want to do score predictions? Ooh, score we predictions. Can. Um, so I kind of w- went into detail about this. I did the preview for the journal itself. Kind of think it's going to be close to kind of Eastern Kentucky's score, but I think we'll have uh, probably 30, I think it'll be like 38 to 20, 24, somewhere around there. Uh, so you think our defense will I think get our defense will get home, and I think our defense uh, will want to step it up after last week's performance because oh, they're, yeah. they're a greedy defense, we can tell, which is the interceptions, forced fumbles, everything like that. They Coach, Coach Kelling's pissed probably coming out of this last oh, yeah. week. He's, he's dialing things up, and he's going to get there. 38-27, I like that. I'm going to go similar. I think it's going to be a lot closer with Bo Allen being the guy that he is and how mm-hmm. balanced they are at Tarleton. I think it'll be like a 35, 35-31 kind of a game where okay. it comes down to the last little bit. Um, and I think, yeah, SU prevails, and I think the both both, te- both offense and defense are going to show out. Yeah. And speaking about, you know, elevation and what I brought up, I looked up the elevation in, like, Stevensville, Texas. I know, nerd alert here, I'm looking up elevations in the I, sport, I did that too. sports <laughs> broadcast. So Cedar is, of course, around, like, 5,000 feet. It was, no, it was 5,800. 5,800. Yes, we were 200 and something feet above. And uh, mile high. And the elevation in Stevensville, Texas, is about 1,700 feet. So... And so I got like 383 meters, so not too high, actually, when you compare that. Um, I think that's going to be the main thing, and also a point that, you know, I brought up when SU moved to the WAC, is that, you know, granted, the temperatures are going to be warm around kickoff. We're still going to be in the 70s. It's going to be a beautiful day, maybe. We'll see. Um, we'll Depends see about, on you know, City weather, City weather, you know, <laughs> is, you know, unpredictable. But, you know, especially, you know, with the elevation, I think this is going to be a key for Cedar. And I think, I mean, for SU, not Cedar, SUU. And I think they win 27 to 24 off of a game winning field goal. He redeems himself. By, I love by it. Is headed, our kicker. 27 24 win for the Thunderbirds, and they moved to 2 0 in conference play. Yeah. And I think, I think it'll be close, like you guys said. I just feel like the defense, there's going to be. We can well, I'll say watch for Rod Roderick Ward. I feel like after his performance two weeks ago, he had what two interceptions, six Ooh. tackles. Oh yeah, and he's been huge. He's got like three on the year. He's like second in FCS, I believe. And he's the type of dude. And he told us in the post game press conference where he's like, "I'm baiting quarterbacks to throw balls." Yeah, like, he knows he where knows everything's happening, so he's kind of just sitting there like. I Please throw it, please throw it, please throw it. And then they throw it, and he's like, oh, got it. The only thing I'd be worried about with our secondary is uh, Alan's favorite target is uh, Jaden Smith, who is six foot six. We're going to lose the height battle. <laughs> and uh, he has 489 yards and six touchdowns this year. Like, it is – he is big. And so he's a big part of what uh, – like, what helps Alan – Oh, yeah. The quarterback is, honestly, he, too. He's that security blanket that he can just throw it up to and say, go get it. Yeah, so it's going to be 
it'll be a good game, I think, for sure. I think it'll be, honestly, like you guys said, it will be close. And uh, we will see this Saturday at 6 p.m. At yeah, come out to Eccles Coliseum. Eccles Show Coliseum. Up. That was yeah. an elite atmosphere, the greatest atmosphere I've ever been to here at SU. Yeah. Fans, please show up. And if you have any more of those smoke bombs, <laughs> please bring those after the first touchdown. That was awesome. <laughs> Just seeing those smoke bombs go up in the air, that was that was pretty cool. For sure. Let's touch on volleyball real quick, because honestly, they have, like we were talking about this before we started, they have two favorable matchups this week uh, where they can try to get things turned around. They're going to be playing uh, Abilene Christian University, and that will be this Thursday, Thursday at 6 p.m. here at the AFEC. And Abilene Christian is 4-11 and 11 on the year. They're so they're about the same realm as us right now, just trying to figure things out and things and everything like that. Uh, but I feel like it could be a game where we just finally get things going because they're younger and everything. So it'll be interesting to see that game. We also have another, like, pretty – Equal competition game as we'll be facing Tarleton alongside our football team. The volleyball team will be facing them alongside the football team this weekend uh, here at the AFEC as well. And they will be playing at noon on Saturday. But Tarleton is 8-10. and 10. So it gives us a little bit more hope this week. And uh, they are 0-4 in a way. That's the big thing to look at. Yeah. 0-4 in a way. Yeah. Well, it was 0 4 away. And then okay. neutral, they're 1 and 3. Home, they're 7 and 3. So they have a good home. Like, all their wins are basically from home except for so one. That's another big thing. And they are 0 4 in conference play, too. Huge to come in. Um, volleyball, as we've kind of we've kind of harped on a little bit, they have been struggling mm-hmm. a little bit, but still have some standout performers that I think will get going. Mackenzie Templeton, I think she's our libero. Really been doing a lot of great things for us, and she leads in kills. 117 on the year. Mm-hmm. No one else on our team's really even that close. Um, Molly McDermott, 94 kills on the season, um, averages two um, points, one seven points per game. I think they break through. They get going this week and pick up two um, wins against whack opponents. Yeah, those two right there. They need. They'll have to be able to get going because that's. Uh, those are the two who kind of led us to the victory against uh, Utah Tech. Oh, yeah. So. And they're two, they're both pretty much our leaders, I'd, I'd say, coming into this. We don't have um, very many, I, I guess, upperclassmen. Yeah, Rachel Reagan Beeson's a senior um, who's another leader on this team. But we break through. Some of our leaders step up and kind of control this weekend. Yeah, and also moving on now, uh, soccer has some games this weekend, and they're they are at New Mexico State, and then they are on the road at Sam Houston, and right now, so we you know we thought that it was still a tie between SU and Utah Tech for first place. Well, New Mexico State has actually said no, we're claiming first right now. Right now, they are. One point ahead of SUU and Utah Tech, 11 points to 10 points. 
Um, New Mexico State, 6-3-3, record in the season, 3-1-2 and two in whack play. So SUU, if they can get the win this weekend, they're moving up into that first spot. Possession to them right now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then Sam Houston right now, middle of the table, 3-6-2 and two in the season, 2-3-1 and one in conference play up to this point. So, you know, both these road games, hard road games, Hard road game so far for the Thunderbirds, but this soccer team has proven all the doubters wrong. They're picked, you know, second to last in the preseason polls, and right now they are literally, you know, they're in second place right now. They're tied for second place, but at the moment have the chance to gain first place all to themselves if they can beat the Aggies of New Mexico State. For sure. Um, And they go on the road here. Um, and they've been pretty good so far this season on the road. They're four and out away, and they've there's so many girls you can highlight on this team. Oh yeah, as we said, Whitney Wayne's guard. She's she has four goals on the season right now, um, but you also have Sammy Sophia, Sammy Sophia, excuse me, who has six goals on the season. So many girls. Megan Short. Don't forget the netminder. Girls. Megan Short. <laughs> Megan Short has been huge the last few games. She's had, I think, 15 saves. In She's, like, last... top 40 in the country in save percentage. Oh, insane. If I'm not mistaken, I think we're number 17 in the country in total scoring offense. That's huge. Um, huge season so far. Should be pretty easy victories, I think. Um, big thing for soccer is they got to start fast. Mm-hmm. Start slow against Tech. Can't have that. Got to start fast. Got to put shots on goal, and just start peppering opposing keepers. Yeah, just staying aggressive, honestly, like you were saying. And uh, I feel like, honestly, all of our sports teams, for some reason, start slow. It's weird, isn't like, it? It's like volleyball does it. That's what they did against Tech when they, they went down the first game in the set and then won the next three. Mm-hmm. Uh, every football game seems like we start with a big touchdown from our opponents. <laughs> <laughs> so... And then all that stuff. But I th- it's yeah. just enduring that storm. Yeah, honestly, like, like, if they just get going quick, like you said, because going down to Tech was kind of hard. But like you said, they started to pick it up before, uh, towards the end of the half and everything like that. So that'll be huge. 100%. Yeah. That's soccer. What else is on the slate for yeah. this? You know, we met, already mentioned cross-country. With their home tournament, the SUU Color Country Invitational. They'll be taking on runners from Utah, Utah State, Idaho State, UVU, and Tech. So basically, Utah. Utah It's a whole entire Utah Big old freaking battle going on um, down at Cedar Ridge. Um, That'll be um, very exciting. I think besides that, it's just men's golf happens earlier next week. And Football and men's golf, is it, yep. right? Men's golf there would be at the Bill Cullum Invitational in Valencia, California. So they could go to the sunny state of California and golf down in Valencia, which I have golfed down there before, and it's pretty nice. So, yeah. yeah. So hopefully they can have a good time out there and get a good result on the board. 
percent. So I think that covers basically because we talked about football all together at once. Yes, like it was just kind of how the conversation went. I mean, I think we should kind of just start talking about the basketball season for both our men's and women's coming up. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, month away. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go over that here. So men's basketball, we want to start with the men's? Or? Yeah, let's start with the men's. Yeah. You guys have had the chance to go um, to a couple practices. Be at a couple of their practices. Yeah. How are we looking? Who's the big? Um, there's obviously a couple of guys that are going to be just shoe-ins in the starting lineup. But yeah. Who's catching your eye so far? The person who's catching my eye, and this might be a little of a hot take, um, I think the best player on this team and the best performer this season will be Jason Spurgeon. I don't think it's Tevian Jones. I love Tev. I love his game. Don't get me wrong. You know, you know, the whole entire Western Athletic Conference loves loves his play because he was voted by the coaches most scariest player to go against. And you know, his game is scary. I gotta say that that, that step back three when he makes it. He's automatic with that. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, just Jason Spurgeon, he took such a huge step in development last year in the Big Sky Conference. All of a sudden, midseason, just started shooting three-pointers and making them. He was money. Left yeah. and right. Yeah. It, you know, and then be, that became a, you know, constant mindset of the game where Simon incorporated at the three-point line. In practice, he's been looking really strong and really good. You can tell he's gained more muscle. Yeah this year uh, compared to the end of last year. You know, he did grow, grow a lot of muscle last year, but he's looking like a strong, strong center for the Thunderbirds. Which I actually love that take. Um, Spurge last year, I think the biggest thing that he improved on, which we needed, was his rebounding, dude. Like That's huge. He, at the start of the year, it seemed like he – he would crash, but he kind of got bodied up a little bit. But towards the end of the year, dude, he was getting down there, getting physical, and just pulling down boards, which is something so crucial on this team. And he's just a force down there right now. You said he's making threes. He's being money from everywhere else. But he's he looked last year like he has so many facets into his game. He can pull up. He can do so much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Chevy, who is your player? Uh, It's close because we have – Two newer guards to us, which is Drake and uh, Cameron. And it's going to be interesting to see, like, we have so many guards, and I want to see what the starting rotation would be like or just how they'll rotate them all because they're all pretty good in different areas, right? Because you have D, he's a, D Barnes, he's a pretty good defender. He aggressive on defense. And then haven't seen much from uh, – Cameron yet he just came he's a graduate student now and then um, I'm really 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 interested to see what Drake does because I feel like his defense on uh, well his defense I was gonna say defense on the defensive side of the ball obviously it's defense but he averaged two steals per game for Snow College last year uh, and then he earned second team All-American that's huge. So I, and you see him playing with the first team, so it makes me believe that they're gonna start him. And I really want to see him start because he's a sizable guard, six four, about two hundred. Yeah, six four, about two hundred. And he's averaged thirteen points per game, two point two steals per game, uh, ranked first team on the first on the team and top fifteen in the nation in assists, averaging six per game. It's huge. 
it's huge. We're getting so many transfers to yeah. come in and especially really with JUCO All American. I remember one name. This is back in the day. Larry Johnson. He was a JUCO All American mm-hmm. from Odessa, Texas, that came to UNLV and you know helped that program win a national title. So you know, and that's the effect. You know, people are like, oh, JUCO, ew. But no, like these JUCO products, they can play. They will straight up outplay you, and they already have that mindset of I'm going to outplay you because they, you know, in when they play in junior college, they're constantly playing for the chance to go D1. Yeah. You know, they're trying to show out. They're trying to do their best, give them their all. And, you know, I see that in Drake Allen in practice. He's giving it his all. That's awesome. Yeah, um, there's – go ahead. You go. All right, I think, like you were saying, going to JUCOs, I think – People don't realize how hard it is for athletes at a JUCO. Like they have to work, they don't get stipends, they don't, they don't have the amenities. Like they have a practice field, locker room, and then their field basically. That's about it there. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have coaches down their neck on academics, all that stuff. Like they do everything for themselves there. So that's a huge part. Like and when you get players from there, kind of. You really see it on the court because they play harder than everyone else. They, they just know like they earn this chance and they don't want to lose it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's awesome. Let me pose. Since you guys have had more more um, time around them, let me pose you guys a question. Then you kind of talked about it a little bit. Who's your starting five for the men going into the season? Ooh, game one. Game one for me, and the game one's gonna be at the pit. In New Mexico. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a Mountain West basketball guy, UNLV, you know, you know, and New Mexico, and if any of the players listen, these fans will get try to get in your head. <laughs> um, there was an incident where a UNLV player was pushed by a fan trying to save the ball out of bounds. Mm. Fan was kicked, kicked out of the arena, but it was a New Mexico fan. And this arena is also top 10 like in the 20th century by Sports Illustrated, it was voted as one of the top 10 uh, venues in the 20th century. And it was in the world, right? That's what it was about, not like just the nation, just the world in general. The world in yeah. general, because the unique feature is that the arena is held by the roof. Oh. And that the noise reverberates straight from the roof back to the ground. That's so wild. it is freaky there. Also <laughs> that the arena is basically built underground. Jeez. Base, yeah, that's why they call it the pit. It's like because it's dug in, right? Like yeah, it's dug it in like the ground. 15, it's on, thir- fifteen to twenty feet or something like that. Yeah, fifteen down. to twenty feet in the ground. It's pretty intimidating. And I think it's like even like a mile below ground. I'm not joking. Like this structure oh, is like yeah. a haunted house, yeah. basically. First game, my starting five: Cameron Healy mm-hmm. at point, Drake Allen at shooting guard, Tev at the small forward. And, you know, I, be, I believe Mason's, Mason Fossa will be healthy by the start of the season. So I think I have him at the four. And the five, of course, is my man, Jason Spurgeon. I, I think I have to agree with that just 100% right now. Okay. Because I feel like those have been the, like, players who are doing the best in communication. They know what the coach expects. Like, and the coach is going to play those people in a new division or conference. So he's – I think that's how we're going to start. I'm not sure if it's going to end like that. Obviously – the starting lineup never really ends exactly the same. There's so many changes throughout the season, but I think that's a good starting lineup because you put Mason at the four, right? And he's six six. Like that's pretty good four position for Wack. 
basketball. Oh, like yeah. they don't play as big as other conferences. For sure. So where it's a pretty solid. I haven't had the chance to look at Cam and uh, Drake Allen. Or? Drake Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haven't had the chance um, to see those guys. A pretty solid uh, starting lineup. It sounds like though. Mm-hmm. Where is Harry and guys like D gonna fit into the equation? Harry, for me, he's gonna be the sixth man coming off the bench. So kind of like last year, or you know, kind of like the, last year, how uh, On and Moody and Harry kind of split six man duties. I think it'll be like that. So like say Maze or whoever struggles early, I think you're gonna see Harry going in there a lot and um, doing that. Kind of like how Simon uh, subbed Moody in the starting five for uh, JK three last, last year. year. Yeah. I think it's gonna be like that. So you know. I think Harry will definitely see some starting time. I think for only he's at six man, and I think then D is right behind him. Awesome. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I, I think, see, I think it'd be actually D coming just off the six man part. And I think it'd be just simply because he, it's kind of like we've talked about this, me and Anthony did, like he needed to be more of a vocal leader kind of like, in lead by example, and he's really been kind of pushing towards that, and we've seen it throughout some practices. Like, there was one practice we went to, he just, like, was off of, like, being sick or something, so he wasn't really in it, but, like, the next one we went to, he was the leader for the second team. Like, that's just what it was, and I think being that, it's going to be huge, and honestly, we could see either of those two in the starting lineup, too. It just kind of depends on what the coaches need or want at what point yeah exactly and i think those two would be good because like i said we have so many guards so many because yeah. you want to transition into women's basketball yeah let's quickly cover women's basketball here yeah okay um from everything i've heard um uh, from the women we obviously have so many just animals coming back for us mm-hmm. um obviously got lex lord uh delani bellina Sharita Dartry and Sam Johnson, Briar, a whole a bunch of Lizzie coming Lizzie back as well, who's most That's likely going to be um, starting. Asia last year before she got injured, yeah, um, you know, dealt with injuries throughout the season. She was really good. She was getting playing time. She was knocking down shots. And one person that um, I'm going to mention here who's a big add and I think could crack in the starting five is uh, Tamika Whitman mm. from Idaho State, a senior. Um, she was last year's reigning defensive player of the year in the big sky. Yeah. And that's going to be huge. You know, whenever you get a either offensive or defensive player of the year, that's a huge transfer addition mm-hmm. just because that's the skill that they love the most that they, you know, and that could be huge, especially in a new conference now because the WAC now has adjusted to, oh, she has a former defensive player of the year from a different conference mm-hmm. on their team. So I think that is huge for the Thunderbirds. For sure. And that's something I feel like they were pretty solid at last year, but it really kind of dissipated once they got into the Big Sky Tournament um, defensively. They got down um, early in games against Idaho and a bunch of teams last year. That'll be something um, to really that'll be really solid to add um, coming back this year. And you got to think Sharita's still going to be – just raining from three, as will um, Sam, Sam, Dela. They're sharpshooters. Yeah, they 
we have some good shooters. Like Sam sh- last solid. season shot 36% from three. Which is... That's a clip. Crazy. That's a great clip for college <laughs> basketball. Yeah. yeah. As we said, uh, Lizzie also um, coming off a very solid year. Um, one girl I've heard, I've heard a lot of people raving about, though, is freshman guard Lexi Jensen. Really? From Harriman High uh, last year. Look at some of these stats. Oh, wow. So there's 1,100 points, 143s, 227 rebounds, she, 162 steals. That's a huge part of that. that I've, holy crap. I've just heard a lot from some people surrounding the team that this girl just lights it up. And look at some of these stat lines. She went for 20 a whole bunch of times last year, 31. Um, her highest uh, scoring game last year for the Harriman High School Mustangs. She's a baller, and boy, are we glad to have her down here. Maybe see her um, be in kind of a – probably won't see a lot of playing time with the amount of people that we have and the amount of transfers. Mm-hmm. But for the future, that is a and huge, huge acquisition. So, like, Acqu- yeah. Acquisition? Acqu- yeah. Acquisition? Acqu- acquisition. Acqu- and one ac- acquisition that, that acquisition? I think is going to be huge is uh, center Megan Jensen, the senior, transfer from Utah Valley. So in-conference rival – She's going to know the in and outs of that offense and defense. That's going to be help for the Thunderbirds for sure. down the line of the season, especially when we face the Wolverines. For sure. Yeah, looking really solid. Yeah, there's – I mean, they've been a solid team for the past two or three Since seasons. Tracy Sanders has yeah. been here, Since things have just turned She's around. turned it around, and I think this is one of the most well-coached squads. Tracy Sanders – knows what she is doing. The whole entire coaching staff knows what they're doing mm-hmm. to put the best team out there on the court. 100%. Looking really solid. And we're just a month away from basketball. That feels crazy. I yeah. love it. A month away. I so, can't wait for college basketball because I don't <laughs> want to watch the NBA this year. Me either. <laughs> so I think that's all for the Thundercast today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday. See you guys.